You have 15 seconds to describe Blue Man Group. Um, okay, it's super fun, and it's wild, and colors, and drums, and science, and, and comedy, and art. It's like, you're laughing, you'll party, um, oh, you rock out, it's fantastic, smart, mischievous, and heavy. You know, they, they don't even use words, and it's, it's incredible, it's mind-blowing. It's irreverent, and overwhelming, and it's really... Oops, out of time. Uh, okay, wait, 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 that's not it. Like, there's so many things I didn't notice the first time. It's primal, it's like, they're not even speaking, but suddenly they're looking right at me. It's like, you know, my heart was like... Blue Man Group, hard to describe, easy to love. See Blue Man Group Austin tickets at blueman.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the pre-Thanksgiving Day edition of the Extra Rounds podcast, coming to you live from Chicago. As always, my name is Mike Dice. I'm Alina Cepeda. We are here to talk to you about all things UFC and Bellator. The UFC had a doubleheader this weekend. Bellator had Bellator 165. We'll talk about uh, the future and some other general topics. We'll take your calls, as always. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, you can make it on the show. The phone number is 815-570-3923. Again, the number is 815-570-3923. So... Uh, let's start off with looking back at the weekend, the UFC doubleheader. First of all, are you a fan of the doubleheader? Uh, yeah, yeah. I take, I'll take more fights, you know. The more fights I can get, the better. It's easy for me to say now because I didn't have to do event coverage for it. Doing, <laughs> doing doubleheaders when you have to cover two cards in a row is, is a bit of a different beast, which I've had to do before. Um, so I'm cool with it, I guess. Uh, I, I don't usually – I didn't watch them back-to-back live myself. I watched Belfast, and then I watched the um, Sa- the Sao Paulo fights later. But yeah, I'll take them. I watched all of it. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest of days, <laughs> but um, I was kind of actually hours. more interested in the Bellator card personally. Mm. Uh, but we'll get into that in two a minute, uh, just because Henderson was on the card, MVP yeah. was on the card. It was Carrie uh, Ann Melendez, Gilbert Melendez's wife, was making her MMA debut, baby slice. Um, so it just kind of intrigued me a little yeah. bit more. But uh, the luxury of being in the office is that we can watch multiple things at once. So we had all that going on. Um, and I think Oklahoma was playing West Virginia, too. Uh, and I'm a big Oklahoma fan, so uh, I had that on. Of course, that turned into a blowout. So um, that made it easier to focus on the MMA side of things. So anyways. You watched a lot of television this weekend is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame That's you. exactly what it's good. It was good stuff on. And we didn't even mention, because I didn't watch it either, but unfortunately, but they had an Invicta card on Friday. It's crazy. Yeah. And one of the, the biggest fight of the year in boxing was on Saturday night. So, I don't know if we'll talk about that, but man, a lot of fights this weekend. A lot yeah. of good sports. I mean, I didn't watch the boxing fight either, but I've obviously yeah. seen all the fallout and yeah. that it was kind of controversial. And now I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I would have watched it, but I'll, I'll, I also don't want to spend that money. <laughs> I'll, uh, you can come over to my house and watch the HBO replay. It was a good fight. It wasn't like a blood and guts fight, but it was a really good tactical fight with, with some big moments. It was should be considered controversial because it was close, but it was no robbery. I think it was really, really close. So did you have Ward winning? I had Kovalev winning. I, I, I doubt anyone scored it like I did. I, had, I scored three rounds. I forget which ones off the top of my head. Three rounds, I scored 10-10. 
and I basically had it even but for Kovalev's knockdown uh, early in the fight, <clears throat> I believe in the second of Ward. So that gave him an edge. I think I had it 116-115 for Kovalev. Ward finished stronger. In the beginning, Kovalev was, was really tuning him up and had answers for him. The, the middle rounds were so hard to score, Mike. They had a bunch of rounds where it was like maybe one person scored one more punch than the other. So good fight. Hopefully there will be a rematch. Yeah, the uh, the scorecards was interesting, seeing how everything yeah. kind of came out. There, there was a little variation between the three judges. Um, so, you know, I don't know. For it to be so close of a fight, it seems like it's kind of bizarre that there's so many people who think it was a robbery. Mm-hmm. But I didn't watch the fight either, so I don't understand. <laughs> well, it's a weird thing where the defending champion is leaving his country and being judged by three judges who are from the same country as, as, the, uh, as his opponent. So... You know, there's always going to be partisan people crying foul one way or the other. Especially yeah. when you have different styles. And there was so much grappling in that fight. By the way, if you're an MMA fan, you don't watch much boxing, but you like wrestling, <laughs> like, you should, you should watch this. Because it was not BS grappling, like you sometimes see in boxing, with like good upper body clinch work going on, the wrestling work. So kind of a fun fight uh, between two, two skilled masters. But sorry, I interrupted. Definitely, Belter was good too. I saw that. I saw, I at least saw the biggest ones on that card. I saw the main event, as I told you earlier, and I saw, uh, Michael Venom Page finding, uh, fighting, um, I forget the gentleman's name, Fernando. Uh, Fernando Gonzalez. Thank you. Thank you. I saw those two fights. Oh, definitely interesting. You know, um, it was it was a card where I was like I have to watch this press yeah. conference yeah. and the press conference almost delivered as much. Uh, but uh, before we get into Bellator, let's. Uh, st- Geico asks, "How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance?" Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. With the UFC and the doubleheader, uh, Gegard Mousasi got the win. What's next for him? Yeah, that, that middleweight division at the very top is so fluid right now. There's no real way of telling. We know what he wants. He told us before this fight. But then he backtracked yeah. in the cage and set, kind of played the company line. Like, I'll do whatever you guys think is best. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, well, <laughs> you have, you know, you have your moment. Like, you know, Mickey Gall was telling me once, you know, asking him, where's this come from? Or maybe yeah. on the show. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where's this come from? The asking for, uh, for fights. And he's like, you know, if you have a microphone in your hand and you don't take advantage of it, you're wasting an opportunity. And it's kind of yeah. like that's how I felt like with the Musasi. I was like, you could have called out Luke Rockhold. You probably would have gotten the fight if you did. Yeah. I mean, you probably you might get the fight afterwards right. without having done that. But, I mean, you definitely would have. I think he has trouble being disingenuous. Like, he'll talk trash if he's feeling it. If he thinks someone's being foolish, if he thinks he's going to beat someone, he'll say, yeah, like, he he'll was do in that. The when he talked to us last <laughs> week, but he wasn't in this week. But even then, he was like, what did he say? He said he wanted Rockhold. But what did he say? He's like, if our schedules were work out. I know he's injured. If he comes back, it's not like he was saying Rockhold's a coward or nonsense like that. So it's tough because the guys Musasi needs to fight next, either have fights lined up or should like Yoel Romero and for a title shot or are injured. And, you know, so it's a, it's, it's a, it's a strange thing. And he's definitely, like you said, depending on his mood, he's not usually going to be the one to pull a Mickey Gall and, and just start cursing into the mic at the end. Right. And then, uh, Ryan Bader, yeah, got a big win um, over Lil Nog. Yeah. So what what was your read of that situation? Where does where does Ryan Bader sit in the light heavyweight division now? 
Well, I love what he's what he said afterwards, which is, um, "Hey, I'm a free agent. I want to continue fighting in the UFC, but it's got to make sense." And I think, judging by other things he said, makes sense. Of course, means money, and it also means, "Hey, um, we need to stop. We need to talk a title shot." And it's true. There's not really many people uh, ahead of Ryan Bader. I mean, maybe no one other than the current challenger, um, Anthony Johnson, at this point. So he should get a new UFC contract. It should be better than his last one, whatever that was. And he should probably wait around till uh, to fight the next uh, uh, the next title fight because the schedule is not too far off. His last fight is not too far off from the next slight heavyweight title defense. So I think that makes sense for Ryan Bader. I think he should he should get a title shot. I don't think the UFC is going to want to do that. I mean, if Daniel Cormier wins, mm-hmm. I think that's key to him getting a title shot. I think so. Well, I don't know. I mean, if Anthony Johnson wins, does hard to do sell they it. run it back right away? Yeah. But with Daniel Cormier, they have that built-in promo footage yeah, from that true. press conference. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's true. That'll help. And people don't like acting out that way. And, you know, Mickey, back to the Mickey Gall Masasi thing, like, you don't, I get it. Like, you don't want to do it. Like, I'm not the kind of guy who'd like to call out somebody on the mic. Sure, I right. mean, I'm not a professional MMA fighter either, but I don't think I would be. And, um, you know, I would probably be like Gegard and not want to do it. But yeah. at the same time, you do it. That clip is important. That yeah. audio clip is important to the promo and the selling of the fight. Really is. I mean, if you're, you know, Charles Oliveira, like, oh, that's one thing. Yeah. But, like, when you're trying to get a title shot, like, that's become significantly more important. That's true. Look at what happened with Nate Diaz. People thought he was a little bit nutty after he beat Michael Johnson and just went off on Conor McGregor afterwards. Yeah. Hey, when Conor McGregor needed an opponent, that footage was real, real crucial to them oh, making that fight happen and making it sell. To go back to Gaul with mm-hmm. the feed me CM Punk. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, you know, there's, uh, there's potential. Um, uh, but... If Cormier wins, I think that's Bader's best shot. Yeah, that makes if sense. If he loses, I think the water gets a little bit murkier. Sure. I guess at that point, like, what would the UFC want to do? Like, I get it that there's not, like, a giantly sellable fight but with Ryan Bader versus whomever, but there isn't a really big sellable fight, period, if John Jones is out or unless there's, like, real controversy or a super close war back and forth between D.C. and Rumble and they can run that back again for a third time, like... You just got to make right. The division's got to go on, and maybe it's not going to be a, a headliner. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. I think Ryan Bader is down to talk. He's talking more, uh, more and more. Hopefully, um, hopefully he'll talk his way in the negotiating room to a better contract or a new contract and uh, something solid with the next title fight. It seems like the line for talking contracts is almost getting as long as the line for uh, oh, yeah. fighting Conor McGregor. Oh man, yeah. How about it? In fact, it's a little. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but that'll, that'll make an appearance on my Thanksgiving uh, Extra Rounds uh, thankful list, actually. It's, it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy out there. But, I mean, if you look at the – back to Bader. If you look at the light heavyweight rankings right now, who ahead of him gets a shot? Glover Teixeira? Right. He lost to Anthony Johnson. Yeah, right. Um, Alexander Gustafsson, he lost to Cormier. Yeah. You know, so I – uh, you know, even if Anthony Johnson wins, I think Bader has a good shot at getting that title shot. But. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, other than Gustafsson, I don't think any of the people are huge draws. So, and I don't know that you can justify getting Alexander another another shot right now. It's interesting so. to see that division. You know, the whole, you know, a year ago, mm-hmm. two years ago, well, sh- a few months ago, you know, John Jones Cormier was like yeah. everything. And now it's just kind of like, uh you know what's what's there there's fighters who are, are at the end of their career 
um, you know, some guys who are, aren't quite proven yet. So it's, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, settling that needs to be done. Yeah, and, and John Jones is kind of the, the reason that. Like, there was D.C. Jones, and then there was like, hey, what is Jones Rumble going to look like? That's cool. So you've got, even with just with those three people, you've got a lot of different combinations that you can run. Right. Um, with, with, without John Jones, that really gunks it up. Oh, John Jones. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk a little Bellator 165. So for those of you who didn't watch Bellator 165, um, Michael Venom Page fought uh, Fernando Gonzalez. Carrie Ann Melendez made her debut. Uh, Baby Slice made his debut. Um, and Benson Henderson fought Michael Chandler for the lightweight title. So, uh, first things first, let's talk about MVP. Hmm. MVP got the win over uh, Fernando Gonzalez and what was a decision and kind of got uh, booed Fernando Gonzalez. Um, contested the result and said that he felt like he won. MVP said he felt like Fernando Gonzalez ran from him the whole time and wouldn't engage him, and that's what led to a boring fight. Uh, how did you said you watched it? How did you score the card? Did you have MVP winning? I don't. No, I didn't. I thought. I mean, I think it's basically like a draw. But I feel as though um, at the end of the fight, uh, Gonzalez was the one pressing it for certain. Pressing the offense in the form of a couple takedown attempts, and uh, I think if I had to score it for someone, I, I would have scored it for uh, for him. Uh, I don't think um, I don't think I don't think Michael Page, you know, has much room to complain about someone engaging. He's a counter fighter, and he that tries to bait his opponents with feints, and his opponent this time was just too smart not to fall for it. Feints, right? Yeah. You mean this? Yeah, he'll do it. He'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> really, really amazing, fancy feints. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, uh, break dancing moves or, you know, and he'll feint with his kicks. But see, here's the thing with, with, with Michael Page. Uh, he doesn't have confidence in his hands. So he'll stand at range and feint. And if, and if he doesn't get his opponent to overcommit with a strike where he can counter with a kick or a knee, he, he doesn't, like, have many other options. So wait, you think Michael Page doesn't believe in his hand? No, I don't think so. I think, but it's like his thing. Like is these, you know, a dance, dance. You come in, I'll hit you once, and you go down. He's a much better kicker uh, uh, than he is with his hands. He's not very. Con- he's not relatively so speaking. He's not very confident in the hands. I mean, we had Fernando he exchange striking. He's got one punch knockout power. Oh, he definitely has but power. But yeah. he, you know, if it were to turn into a boxing match, he would get. Torn apart. Yeah, and well, I don't think he'll get torn apart. I'm just saying I don't think he's confident in it yet, right? Like I think his background in he taught he's you know there's a whole history of freestyle fighting is their style, but he's like a tech, he does a lot of taekwondo um, st- uh, fighting, and he's still like within the MMA fights, and so he'll lead with kicks, but he's not comfortable leading with his hands. So we had Fernando uh, walking in straight lines towards him in the latter half of the fight, or standing in range, but he wasn't taking the bait of uh, Page's feints, and so Page was within jabbing distance and just wouldn't do it. So I don't, I don't, he's not very comfortable leading off with strikes. He'll lead with kicks. He does it all the time. Um, and he doesn't take advantage of just someone standing in range like he does the, when they take his bait and they lunge in. So he's a really good counterfighter that's not really comfortable with his hands yet in comparison to his, his kicks and knees. So would he be better served to do something like Conor McGregor, which is like hold his hand out and kind of like 
he kind of does this kind of reaching at yeah, you yeah. thing to establish distance. McGregor's not necessarily jabbing. I mean, right, he'll, right. he'll jab from there, but Page, uh, he keeps his hands down yeah. by his side. I think he's worried about takedowns, like, I, I think, and I think he's... But would that better serve him? Though? I mean, maybe, but kind of predicates that on, like, having really good hands, right? So it's like people, when they see the hand, they're pawing the distance. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Messes with them, but what's happening is that, or in Connor's case, the, the two, which is his left hand, is coming down the pipe as well. So, Or, or he'll, he'll keep it in a straight line, but he'll come up with the uppercut. So... I think I think certainly Michael Page could, could take better use better use of his of his length with his hands, but he's gonna just have to get more comfortable uh, with it because it's not as if it, it all all he saw that night was like a, a a more experienced conservative fighter that stayed tight. So everyone who's thinking he was gonna storm in and like would beat every welterweight in the world at this point in his career, Venom would. I think that's that's a bit premature. But yeah, he's a great fighter. I think he's just more comfortable. With his kicks and, and knees, and he is with his hands. And sometimes the fights go like this, right? Sometimes he just, it's not, uh, sometimes there's, there's bad baseball games. Sometimes there's bad football games that are boring. It happens. Yeah, he himself called it a bad day at the end. Yeah, office. it happens. But he blamed that on <laughs> yeah. Salah. Well, you know, for his own sake, that's what he should do, right? Like his coaches should steer him in the right direction in the practice room. But he shouldn't, like, leave there thinking, this was a bad fight because I stink, essentially, because then it just messes with your confidence. So the next thing. His star power is predicated on these spectacular knockouts, yeah. which then fuel these viral celebrations, <laughs> which we got neither of. He tried to celebrate as the decision was announced. Yeah. Did you notice that? It's like, well, well yeah. <laughs> he does like the snake thing. I, yeah. I don't know. I, at first, that really bothered me, but now I'm kind of, I kind of dig it. But the, uh, uh, he was getting booed. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and Fernando Gonzalez that mentioned this in the post fight press conference. He said. You know, it was great. When I came in, I was getting booed. When I left, he was getting booed. Yeah. And made it sound like the crowd recognized that he was trying to fight mm-hmm. and Paige was mm-hmm. dancing around and avoiding him. Um, so, with that in mind, do you think that this hurt Paige's star power? I mean, I don't think so because I think most people belt our shows. Uh, well, I think mostly there's not a lot of people belt our shows, and there, a lot of them times, in my experience, they're. They're comped. So I don't think it's going to, like, they, they're not going to take away from the highlight reel he's already created. The next time he fights, they can still play those things for any casual fan that might be tuning in or someone that's trying to get to, to come to the arena at the last minute. Like, I don't think he has, uh, to the extent that he has star power, like, that he's, and when I, by that I mean, like, he's selling tickets or bringing in viewers. I don't think it hurts because they still have the same highlight reel. And I just don't think any of them are that big yet, unfortunately. In Bellator, so to where they're actually selling tickets, because no one's selling tickets. Even highly rated television, like big shows that have big television ratings, didn't sell tickets. So it's a it's a tough thing. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he'll still have that draw. Like if this was a couple things, so I guess maybe the better way to think of it is that it's like the beginning of the heel turn. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would work. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like you know, people loved Conor McGregor because he was so endearing. You know, the whole like I was just this. Right. Broke kid trying to make right. it. Now he's like, you know, four Rolls Royces, right. money, and this and that. And I think that's turned some people who were initially fans off a little sure. bit. And 
So maybe that's uh, the beginning of um, that part of He's got options, journey. right? You always got options. If they're cheering you or they're booing you, it's okay. Yeah. As long, you know, somebody once said, uh, as long as they care. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, you know, if the, with that in mind, people, people still care. I and, think so. Uh, we got that. So let's move on to the n- last bit of big news mm. from the fight, which was uh, Matt Mitrione fighting Fedor Emelianenko for, yeah. well, not for, but. Uh, for fun. For fun. <laughs> for money. <laughs> for lots and lots of money. That's right. Um, sometime. I don't remember if they announced the. Oh, yeah. It was uh, February 18th, I think. Was I think the so, yeah. yeah. Um, Flow Combat friends over there broke this story like weeks ago, but they made it official. Uh, Fader showed up in the sweater. Uh, <laughs> Matt Mitrione seemed genuinely caught off surprised by the announcement, and they did it under the guise that he didn't know what the announcement was going to be, or yeah. he, he didn't know who his opponent was going to so be. So weird. Which seems. Uh, <laughs> what is this? A variety show? It's so strange. Which seems, um, you know a little questionable but uh anyways the fight's been made um so what is your initial reaction off of this my my gut <laughs> yeah tell me what you're thinking it's like fader is gonna get slaughtered yeah you think so maybe slaughter is too hard of a word yeah. but like the last fight he fought right in russia did not look good no or convincing uh, you know mitrione i think's a little bit um more in his prime sure uh sure so I think it just kind of spells disaster. It could be. Mitrione's definitely f- probably fresher than Fedor. He's bigger than Fedor's last opponent, Fabio Maldonado, who's a, who's a light heavyweight uh, and who deserved, in my, in my view, the, the decision over Fedor. Um, on the other hand, weird things happen with matchups. Like Fabio Maldonado has excellent hands. He has the type of hands that Matt Mitrione won't show Fedor. Um, and Fedor usually has a hand speed advantage over people, so maybe just not having that against Fabio actually threw him off. And Fabio's, like, good at defending takedowns as well. So, yeah, I mean, like, Fedor sh- shouldn't take too many lunging punches to the chin from Matt Mitrione, who's a freak athlete and a big, big man, much bigger than Fedor. Um, but this is, a, if anything, as a, as a positive for Fedor, this is an opportunity for him to try to fire off his hands quickly and try to score he'll probably be able to defend takedown attempts from from Mitrione. so there's an upside for fedor as scary as a fight this is yeah uh but it's kind of do you, it's like one of those things where don't you wish you'd rather kind of see him walk, walk away oh you know yeah. absolutely like, like what does he have left to be proved like why is he still you know I guess, I guess uh, you know, he likes it, or he loves it, and he needs to make money. I don't care what he was getting paid in Pride for a few years. You know, he's a young man, even though he's an old fighter. He can't, he doesn't have Dave Chappelle Netflix money. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, like, it's tempting. Dave Chappelle Netflix money. <laughs> Think about it. If people, if, like, suddenly as a young man, you, you, you know, people, you t- fate took away your ability to do something as well as you like to, but yet people were offering you big money to do it. Do something you loved. It'd be hard to say no. So you're right. He has nothing to prove. But it's probably hard to turn down a million bucks to do something you love. <laughs> you know, that's probably what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody was offering me a lot of money, I'd probably do it too. Yeah, it's tough, man. It, that's why fighters stick around too long. So we got a couple more minutes before Charles Rosa comes in. We got some things that we want to uh, get to. Um, want to zoom through our Thanksgiving list? Well, we we could save that. We got like four minutes before cool, he's cool. calling in. I, 
I don't want to uh, run the risk of running over. Uh, we do have calls, like we uh, said at the beginning of the oh, show, sweet. where we invite people to call in and let us know um, what, or hit us with a question and we'll talk about it on the show. So we do have one call uh, that came in. So let's uh, dial that up and here we go. Let's. Mike and Elias, what up? Dan Morgan. Yo, two quick questions. Love the show, by the way. Uh, number one, they're kind of related. Is the UFC doing UFC 209 not in California one of the biggest travesties they've ever pulled? Also, Nick Diaz came out and revealed that he was one of the first fighters that was not a champion to get pay-per-view points in his contract. What do you guys think of that? If you could think of any other fighters out there that deserve something like this, who would they be? Name me a few if you could. Mm. Donald Cerrone is the number one that comes in my mind. He's got to be one of the most underpaid guys. Back to you guys, I'm out. Cool. Thanks, Dan. All right. Well, well first, 209 not being in the 209. <laughs> I think everybody, when they saw 209, was going to be, I think that's the Brooklyn card, yeah. was like, this is an opportunity wasted. Yeah. Diaz, you know, Melendez, yeah. you have like, you know, Rockhold, the team alpha male. Of course they have the Sacramento card. That's uh, sure. right there. And that might ultimately be why they didn't do it. But you know, I, I think that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying the two, 216 card should be in, um, <laughs> whatever Cleveland yeah, right, or the right, 214 right. card should be in Dallas or like that. We should make this a, a thing. But the 209 area code is more significant in MMA than other area codes are for certain because of the Diaz brothers. Oh, yeah. They're two of the biggest draws in UFC. Now, Nick Diaz's future is uncertain. Yeah. Uh, Nate's only waiting for the Conor McGregor fight, and that doesn't look like it would be happening in February. Yeah. Yeah. So, the two Diaz brothers aren't in a position to fight on that card. Did you really lose anything anyways? Yeah, I think I think that's true. It would have been great if one of them, like, if Nick could fight on that, been cool. I mean, because also, I, I stayed across the street from uh, Stockton Arena, and it's a really nice stadium, too. It's big. It's a cool downtown. Like, it, it is a shame that they couldn't get the Diaz brothers and then do a card there. But you kind of need one of the Diaz brothers to make it as big as it uh, as it could be. Um, otherwise, it's just like an inside joke, which is fun for us, <laughs> you know, Dan, right. to, to talk about. Yeah, it would have been um it would have been great marketing wise, but yeah. the stars weren't aligned. Yeah, yeah. Um second part of the card. Uh Nick Diaz said he was one of the first pay per view fighters to uh or first fighters to get uh pay per view bonus points. Um it's like a normally for percentage of, of the pay per view right. buys, right. You get, you know, whatever percentage, uh but normally that's only for champions, which mm-hmm. is why it makes it interesting that he got it as not a champion. So who would be somebody that uh who would be fighters that we think would be capable of doing that? And obviously, I think uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor both got that stipulation yeah. for their fights. Yeah, um, so. And Conor McGregor, if he was ever in a non-title fight, I imagine would have that. Ronda Rousey, sure. If she's not in a title fight, like I'm sure she's getting people. Yeah, yeah. Fights. Like former champions, like, or like Brock Lesnar right. and stuff. You and know, I, and you know, to, to, to that point, Conor McGregor made it sound like before 205 that Eddie Alvarez wasn't getting that deal. Yeah. At 205. Because he kept saying he's fighting on his his before champion yeah. contract. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you don't necessarily get it just because you're a champion. Right. And maybe Connor's wrong about Eddie. Maybe he was right. But you don't necessarily get it just because you're a champion. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, Ronda Rousey, if she's fighting and she's yeah. not a champion, I'm sure she's getting that. Uh, Conor McGregor, I think, did. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboy was a good idea. Cowboy was a think good idea. They could start promoting Cowboy because they really don't. Man, he's never headlined a pay-per-view, though, has he? No, neither had Nate Diaz. Not that he doesn't deserve to. Well, there's guys, I think they're just, you know, it's not a charity. I think they didn't, there's people that they need to promote more for their own good. Nate Diaz could have I mean, done well before. Like, they put he's him got on a one. huge social media following. Yeah, he would. He would especially do just compared fine. to other fighters. Like he should. He would do well. He wouldn't do worse than Demetrius Johnson. You know, right. like uh, go for it. Um, but he has his own feud going with the UFC, right? He's talking about unionizing. See, so yeah, yeah, they, they stand in their own way a little bit there. Then you have the legends, Anderson Silva. Sure, uh, sure. If he fights again, right? Uh, Georgia St. Pierre, he comes back. Right. We'd hope so. Um, you know, those are two guys off the off the bat yeah. just because their history and their merit. Yeah, yeah. Um, John so. Jones won't be a champion when he comes back. So uh, these are probably not in, it, creative answers that Dad wanted, but that's the best I could do, too. <laughs> well, let's see if we can get uh, cool. our good friend Charles on the line. Charles Rosa, UFC featherweight. Excited to chat with him. Because it's the day before Thanksgiving, we're without our, uh, without help. Doing what we can. Without our man, Richard. Hey, Rich, hey Charles, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, man. So, hey, this is Elias. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Dice. Thanks for being on, man. Uh, uh chill, man. Everything's great. Uh, uh, how's everything on your side, guys? Good, yeah. I'm uh, um, excited to have you on, man. We're excited to get this show going Be uh, the day before Thanksgiving. I wanted to, I wanted to jump in. I saw um, on your Facebook... Uh, Rosa, you you went and uh, you were at your your uncle's fight. Your an uncle of yours recently fought, and he took on. It sounds like he took on someone much heavier than him on short yeah. notice. Um, so like I'd love to hear that story. Like what what happened? Uh, how did that how did that go about? And how did it go down? Yeah, man, that's a cool story. Actually, um, my uncle Tommy. You know, I mean, it's my dad's brother. You know, and he always was. You know, the guy that babysat me as a kid and stuff like that, and always. You know, the person I looked up to the most in my life, I'd say he's my, he's my biggest role model I have. And, um, you know, he was a fighter. He always fought in the Golden Gloves, all the tough man competitions. I don't know if you remember him back in the day. Oh, yeah. They were like, you know, big tough man competitions. You know, um, he won a couple of those. So, you know, he's always, you know, he, you know, he always shows sometimes the black guy and stuff. And that's kind of what always got me interested in the beginning, I think, with boxing and stuff like that and fighting. But it's him because I looked up to him so much and he was a boxer. Um, so now what he does, I mean, he never went pro and stuff like that. He always just stayed amateur. He has over 200 amateur fights. So he's he's like 48 years old now, and uh, he still does tournaments whenever he can. He, he's, he's won the ringside tournament a few times, got a couple more. But, um, you know, and I, and I always talked to him, and he always said that, you know, I always promised him, like, hey, one day I want to come out to one of your fights and, like, corner you and stuff like that ever since I started fighting. And then we're always open to it, but the schedule kind of never really worked out. So this past weekend, he ended up having a match, uh, you know, a tournament. It was, uh, I think it was a Burt Trigger tournament. It was, uh, you know, a big boxing tournament in, um, in Orlando. And, you know, it was, it was only a little bit of a drive for me, but since I was in Florida, it kind of worked out for both of us. And, uh, you know, I was able to drive up there. And when I got there, I got there on Saturday. Uh, the previous night, I actually cornered one of my other teammates who won a belt. And then the night after that, 
Wild Bill's Oregon Outlet features some of the most unique glass smoking products created by the top glass blowers in the state. From pipes to bongs to Delta products, Wild Bill's is Oregon's number one glass smoking products outlet. If you're hearing this, you are within reach of our store, conveniently located at 202 North Redwood Highway in Cave Junction. Stop by Wild Bill's Oregon Outlet today or call us at 541-761-9084. I was supposed to say a quarter Saturday, we were supposed to have a match, and the match got canceled because nobody in his weight class would fight him. Like they, I think they said he had too much experience because he had over 200 amateur fights. So some of the guys in the master's division probably were like, man, I want to fight that guy probably because they either knew who he was or he had too many fights. And he was really bumped out, I could tell. And I was bumped out too. I came there to watch the fight. So as the day went on, I guess something kind of came up and they asked if, uh, if he wanted to take, if, uh, there was a heavyweight that didn't have a fight, and my uncle kind of jumped up and was like, oh, man, I'll fight him, you know, and they're like, oh, he's a heavyweight, you know, you have to make the 200-pound limit, how much do you weigh? And I was like, oh, I weigh 200 pounds, <laughs> but he did, you know what I'm saying, my uncle only weighs like 185, so they said, okay, just come to the weigh-ins tomorrow, the, the match is official, you can fight the heavy guy, heavyweight, his name's Mike the Sandman, and uh, you'll be fighting him tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, the following day, so... We're like, awesome, we got a fight and stuff. But the guy was about 260 pounds, so I was, like, happy that he had a fight because he came there to fight. He flew all the way from New Hampshire where he lives to fight. So he got there, and sure enough, like, you know, I look at the guy, I'm like, dude, that's a big guy. He's a real a real heavyweight, you know. He's about 260 at least, and he's a big, big guy. And uh, Marco obviously weighed 185, and so he asked me, he's like, oh, how do you think we should do the weight, you know? And he goes, oh, I've done this before. You know, I've done this my whole life coming up through the rankings and uh, we went to uh, we went to Walmart we got some ankle weights and uh, you know we put them in his underwear and taped them to his thighs so he was able to make the 200 pound limit and um, you know he got to fight and it was it was an epic fight it was really awesome so you know, I was happy you know most of all I was happy to be there for him but it just shows you know I guess I know where I get it from where I got you know get my you know toughness and my whatever it is that makes me a good fighter that's amazing man that's some you know some people chase the fights. They they just really want to fight. Ankle weights to the underwear is incredible. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, it, how many um, how many rounds rounds did the uh, did the fight end up going? Uh, it ended up going. Uh, ended up going two rounds. Um, oh. You know, since it's like the master division, you know, I think uh, you know. I mean, it was a really good fight. They were going back and forth, like that really solid exchanges. But uh, you know, after like the second round, I think. Uh, you know, the ref ended up actually stopping it kind of early because mm. the big guy had my uncle kind of in the corner, and he was kind of like leaning on him. And he was he was punching, but my uncle was firing back, and the ref kind of stepped in and stopped it. And like my uncle like put his hands up to deal with what happened. Yeah. And he stopped, he stopped it early. I think it was more because it's the master division. And the probably ref recognized he's a little bit, you know, bigger than him and stuff like that. But you know, um, it, it it was all about good sportsmanship and stuff like that. And you know, it was. It was awesome that he was able to fight. You know, he, he landed some good shots. The other guy landed some good shots. Like, I mean, it was fighting the night for the tournament, so like everybody was on their feet, chairing, going crazy. Um, you know, everyone was a little upset they stopped it kind of early, but you know, I, I mean, I think it's it, you know it's justified considering that it's not a pro fight. It's not, you know, what I'm saying it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's in the masters division, so they probably gotta do what they gotta do to protect the guys. Yeah, but, uh, oh. my uncle was saying, "Oh, I was told back I was gonna win." And I was like, "I thought you were," and he was. He was like, right when the ref stepped in, he fired a punch. So he don't want to get the ref. But 
that's just you know is what it was. But it was it was an awesome fight, and most of all, he was just happy to fight, happy happy to be there, and um, it, it, it was really cool. It, you know, it showed me a lot about myself as a fighter and who I am. Knowing like you know, I always wanted because I I mean because I had the same type of thing happen. Was playing weights are different, but one of my amateur fights, I didn't have an opponent. I came in, weighed 150 pounds, had no opponent. I was so upset, and then a guy in the 185 division didn't have an opponent, so I ended up fighting him, and he wouldn't fight me in an MMA fight. So I fought him in a kickboxing match, and I ended up knocking him out in the second round. And it was probably one of my most favorite wins because everybody was saying like how much balls I had to step up to a you know big guy like that. And the kid was like juiced up too, so it wasn't just like. You know, a flabby 185 or he was like a soft up jack, you know, big, big tread box, like, you know, 185 or it was, uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> now so you, now I know where I get that from. Yeah, apparently that's that's really cool to hear because I remember when when I when I first interviewed you, you talking about your uncle. I was wondering if it was the same one, you know, that inspired you. That's that's awesome. Now, your last fight, Charles, was was in January. You won impressively. All of your UFC wins have been decisive. All of your UFC losses have been extremely, extremely close uh, losses. Why haven't you fought since January? I see you out there. I see you training hard on social media. You look like you're healthy. Are you Are you ready for a fight? Are you looking for a fight? What's What's the situation as far as you understand it? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I got you know I got my manager and everything working on it, and you know, there's they're telling me there's a fight that works. I mean, I've been healthy. I mean, I've been healthy. I've been training hard. There's a couple things in my game I wanted to fix. You know, obviously I'm coming off a big win in Boston and stuff like that, but there was a couple little things that I recognized in myself that I really wanted to fix. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've done so. And one of them foremost being strength and conditioning. I feel like anywhere that I've, I've lost fights or any positions was, was because of that. Um, you know, I was always an athlete my whole life, but I've never taken my strength and conditioning serious. I just played sports. I played hockey. I played, you know, I do the flying metrics football I would do the things but I never actually did like um, actual like weight training to strength specifically strength and muscles and I always felt like that was one of my major weaknesses was my overall strength and I have a genetics for it you know my dad's a big strong guy and you know, I have the bone structure for it so I know you know it's just it's just one of those things that I never thought was you know I always thought if you want to get better at fighting you fight you know you box you do jiu-jitsu you wrestle why would you lift weights I always had that in my head. It didn't really make sense. And, you know, I, I still kind of believe that a little bit. I don't think you just lift weights or anything in fight, but there has to be a steady balance of everything. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to take a little bit of time work on some other things. Um, I actually got a big trip planned two weeks. I'm going to Thailand for two weeks to work on some planches and some elbows and, you know, some, some, uh, some Muay Thai. Um, you know, I've been to Holland since my last fight to work on some more kickboxing, you know, obviously with, uh, with Stefan, I went to his gym up in, uh, up at, uh, the Zero gym up in, up in Holland, so, um, I, I think, I've been continuously better in myself, um, it's just, it's just about waiting for that next fight, man, I mean, there's a couple times they called me for a couple ones, and, um, you know, it, it just didn't end up working out the fight, but, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've been ready, and I have my head ready, and, and I'm ready to go, and I'm just kind of waiting for my manager to confirm everything. That's quite you, you, you mentioned. I hope we hope that happens for you soon. I wanted to, unless Mike wanted to jump in. I was curious about the the travel stuff. You're going to, you're going to Thailand. I don't know if you've been to Thailand before. Like you said, I know you've been to the Netherlands and trained there with yeah, Stefan yeah. Birkenpass and others. And I was there uh, last month and got to, to train yeah, yeah, at yeah. his gym. 
Yeah, so is this your first time in Thailand? If it is, like, we're curious, like, what do you expect, where you're going to train, and, and, uh, and also what your experiences in, in the Netherlands have been like, maybe some of the differences uh, you've noticed there. Because for people that don't know, the countries with probably the best kickboxing reputations in the world are Thailand and the Netherlands, and there's interesting reasons why. Uh, but you're, you're going to round it out, man. You're, you've been to the Netherlands a bunch of times, and now you're going to Thailand, so you're going to really have a well-rounded international kickboxing uh, training experience, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is my first time going to Thailand, so honestly, I don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I know that it's, it's the original founding place of Thai, which, you know, definitely means a lot. I mean, um, one of the kids I'm actually going out there with is going to take a fight, so I'll have the opportunity to corner him and stuff like that, be at the shows and kind of be behind the scenes of it all, which is really exciting. And, you know, obviously, um, I'm going to be staying at a gym, but they have everything all set up for me, so it's really just an open experience and you know that's what makes martial arts is all about to me is that is learning you know keep it an open mind not thinking that there's only one thing that's the best that works like and um that's been also been my experience with holland i mean i always thought you know that you know boxing might be the best of this or that but it's about learning the most you know, from from the people that that do it the most like if you want to learn wrestling you go to a you go to a maybe a college like a d1 college and learn from the wrestlers if you want to learn jiu-jitsu you go train with black folks and, you know, maybe Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champions. If you want to go, if you want to learn kickboxing, you go to you go to Thailand or Holland where all they do is kickbox all day. And that's their life. But that's what they do. They don't, they don't focus on a bunch of other things. As an MMA fighter, it's impossible. I think it's impossible to be the best at, you know, one separate odds. It's impossible to be the best wrestler or the best Jiu-Jitsu guy or the best boxer. But if you put them all together, it is very possible to be the best fighter in the world overall and that's that's my goal you know i want to be the ufc champion and that's what i work on every day is i train the best of the best at you know what they're best at at the best sports and uh and you know i pick them up kind of like grabbing all the pieces of the puzzle and then i put them all together and i use my coaches and my team and american top team to do that so you know that's why i get to go to holland go train with you know Steph start to pass and up at his gym up in holland and Before we let you go, can we ask you about food? For those that don't know, in addition to being a world-class fighter, Charles Rosa is a chef and, 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 you know, and a head chef. Uh, uh, tell people where you work. And, and uh, me and Mike are getting ready for Thanksgiving. We haven't talked about it too yeah. much yet. I know what I'm making. I'm actually making dinner in my house. I'm not baking. My wife is baking, but I'm making the dinner. So I know what's on my menu. I'm really curious. Are you cooking? What's on the menu for Charles Rosa's Thanksgiving? Chef Rosa's Thanksgiving. You know, I worked at ICUS 432. It's a, a five-star steakhouse in South Florida. Um, I actually graduated from culinary school. But, you know, most of all, it, you know, I grew up as, as a chef as a little kid. My dad helped me roll meatballs ever since I was a little kid, you know, ever since I, I can remember. So, um, you know, it also is, is kind of a, a lifestyle for me as a kid growing up. I always like to cook. But, yeah, definitely some things to get a man. I'm going to be cooking a little bit. Uh, you know, I got I got a bunch of different ideas. You know, ever since I was a kid, also I would cook Thanksgiving dinner with my dad. Um, you know, I'm not gonna actually be going up to my dad's place this year, but um, definitely gonna 
and, you know, using his recipes that we've done over the years. And, um, you know, I got some good stuff coming up. You know, I love to cook, and honestly, for me, it's, it's very relaxing. It's just like fighting. It's something I love to do. It's, it's a hobby of mine, and, uh, and also, you know, the best part is enjoying the internet. It's the only part I don't like to clean up, but that's what you get the girls for, you know, to take care of. So, everything's good. Hey, Charles, it's Mike here. So, being a chef, does this give you an advantage over other fighters who have nutritionists and people cooking their meals? Like, is that money you don't have to spend? Yeah, no, I, no absolutely. I think that's a huge better, uh, thing that, that benefits me when I'm fighting and stuff like that. And I know, like, little things. Like, even the other day, I was helping my buddy cut weight. He cut down to 125 pounds, like 145 or something. You know, everybody knows about the weight cut and stuff like that. But I look at him and the way he's eating is like so wrong. He's eating like, you know, pasta at nighttime is his cheap meal and he wakes up and he doesn't eat all day and he's just trying to cut weight. I'm like, man, like, if you do this the right way, you could be eating all day long, like good food. You can still make the weight the same way and actually be healthier doing so. So um, I definitely, you know, have the advantage of being, you know, nutrition as a major and nutrition in college. Um, and also in food, but being able to cook my own meals to make everything better. So, huge advantage, man. It definitely helps a lot. And, uh, helps, it definitely helps a lot. That's awesome, man. Well, that's, that's, that's such a cool... I hadn't even thought about asking that, but it makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, it's just little things, like add garlic and like a little bit of hot pepper, little things to like food rather than just having it so bland. And people don't know, but like the garlic, vegetables... Stuff like that, they have no added like calories or no added really anything. You can eat as much green vegetables as you want. You can use as much garlic and like, as much hot peppers as you want. It's not going to affect your weight at all. So, like, but, and then add a little color to the food. Because, like, for me, like, it was very visual too. If you see a lot of, you know, cool colors like yellow, red, green, all these cool colors, it kind of makes it look more appetizing, even though it might not be exactly what you want with like cheese and stuff. But those are little tricks that I use, like, you know, to use to make it more appetizing. That's awesome. Well, we've been on with Charles Rosa, UFC featherweight contender and uh, and chef, and it's been really, really awesome getting to, to have you on the show. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Thanks, thanks for making time for extra rounds and, and me and Mike. And can't wait to, um, to to follow along and hear about your your travels upcoming to Thailand. Let let folks know where they can uh, follow you on, on social media or anything like that. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm leaving December 3rd to Thailand, and I'll be back December 20th, so it's time for Christmas and stuff. But uh, you guys can find me on, on Instagram and Twitter at Charles Rosa MMA. And then you guys can just find me on uh, Facebook. i got a fan page as well. So, you, you know, you guys can just follow me, check out my journey to Thailand. Everything will be good. And, um, you know, thanks for having me on the show, Mike. And, uh, Elias, it was, it was great talking to you guys. And, and uh, I hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. So. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Take care, brother. Thanks so much. For sure, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Later, Rosa. Love that question you asked about the, the you know, the uh, nutritionist because that's huge. You know, you're, these these guys and girls are eating the same thing over and over. It gets really bland. You got to basically find salt substitutes, and if you know how to make food delicious, you've got an edge up. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Geico asks, "How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance?" Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. If you're an, if you're a fighter and you're in his gym and you're not picking his brain about yeah. that stuff, like right. it's just a wasted opportunity. Fun yeah. fact, you guys might not know this, and you probably definitely don't know this, but at one point in time, I went to school, went, went to college of journalism and all that, uh, but I was really into Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> I like nice. Gordon Ramsay. And I really decided that I wanted to be a chef. Wow. And I actually pursued it for a little while. I didn't know so that. I worked as a, as a sous chef in a kitchen for no a while. No kidding. That's yeah. cool. Nowhere close to the level of Charles Rosa, who said he went to school for it and uh, whatnot. You know, it was more of dabbling a few year kind of. That's, that's journey, not nothing, though, man. That's awesome. That's really cool. I didn't realize I can only I can just toss things in pans really well. That's all I walked away with, being able to like, that's huge. toss things and not have food fly everywhere. Because <laughs> I don't have any technique. It's like a party trick. That's, that's <laughs> what I walked away with. Like, I can cook like a pancake and be like, you and flip it and then... It's key. You know how to cook know. things evenly, man. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, we gotta have, if, if Rosa's ever in town, we gotta have a, uh, a cooking a cook version. On. We'll get like, yeah, we'll do like a little competition. We'll get some electric stoves. He's really awesome. If you guys, if you follow him on Instagram, you'll see cool training stuff, but you'll see some good looking steaks on there as well. From his restaurant, so that's de- it's definitely a good guy to follow. And yeah, it's been too long since that guy's been in the ring. He's an exciting, exciting fighter. Um, you know, one of the people that he had a close loss to, Yair Rodriguez, is fighting BJ Penn. It's a big horrible matchup. Fight. Everyone's a bad matchup for BJ right now. And and, and no, Jason Prill's gonna kick my ass when we have him on next for saying that. But it, I feel that way just because BJ Penn, who I think is top three pound for pound in history, is just. It's just, uh, you know, age like everyone does. But, yeah, that's a rough one, man. But, yeah, you're moving on to big things. Like, all these guys are going to big things. Charles Rose is right there with them in the featherweight division, and he hasn't fought since January. So, hopefully this guy gets a fight real soon. What's uh, Yeah, I can't believe he hasn't fought for January. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, awful um, win, too, you know. So, let's run through a few topics really quickly yep. before we get to uh, what we're thankful for to end the show. <laughs> uh, McGregor at 170 pounds. Coincidentally, in, in inter- separate interviews uh, with our good friend Submission Radio, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson said that he felt that uh, Conor McGregor's too small for 170 pounds. And then Luke Rockhold, in a separate interview with Submission Radio, said he thinks that because of his knockout power, Conor poses a threat at 170 pounds. Not saying that he could win, or blah, yeah, blah, blah, but he yeah. poses a threat, which is different than being too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? McGregor at 170 pounds. Both think, both guys are right. He is always going to be a threat with that r- knockout power, like Rockhold said. But overall, to build a career, he's too he has too small of a frame, just like Thompson said. Okay, uh, let's stick with Conor McGregor. WWE. He was, uh, you know, he's had a long history with him. He, yeah. He's beefed about it. We talked about it before with the, when he was taking on the entire roster on Twitter. Uh, Triple yeah. H said that they would be interested. And then uh, Conor McGregor's manager agent was on Brett Okamoto's podcast and said that uh, if the WWE called, the WWE called, they would entertain offers. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts on McGregor and the WWE? Does it make sense? It definitely makes sense if they give Conor a schedule that he can follow without beating up his body too bad. If he can go out there and do some some easy spots where he's throwing strikes and not getting slammed, they'll they'll sell. And it's built in angles. Like you said, he's feuding with all these dudes. So he doesn't need to go the Brock Lesnar route where he's like appearing regularly. It would be like a kind of a, a one-off kind of thing. I yeah. Think. Like Ronda Rousey showed up at WrestleMania 31. Right. That was like maybe stole the show. It yeah. probably would have – They people would have probably said that that was the moment of the that WrestleMania mm-hmm. if it weren't for the way that it ended. And for those of you who aren't wrestling fans and watched, it was uh, Seth. That's when Seth Rollins cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase to win 
the WWE title uh, when it was originally a match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Um, that ended up becoming a huge thing. But uh, So we could do something like that. Yeah. Or it could be like when they had Floyd Mayweather yeah. or Mike Tyson involved. Story arc. Yeah. yeah, you know, they come on, they do... You know, like Mike Tyson, I think, did a few more. Those two guys both did a little bit more. They appeared on some Raw mm-hmm. episodes and eventually at a pay-per-view. You know, uh, Floyd fought the big show, who's like seven feet tall and 500 pounds. Um, so maybe something like that. Yeah. But yeah. It would sell. How, how would it not sell? Well, the interesting thing about it is, is like, if McGregor doesn't want to fight till after his uh, girlfriend, D has their baby. Yeah. Which isn't supposed to be till May. Right. Um that's a long time to go without a paycheck. Right. And you know, Conor McGregor loves yeah. his paycheck. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, as much as he likes going to the store, he likes going to the bank to deposit. <laughs> that's so, right. You that's know, right. it might be an easy, and part of the reasoning, or so people say, is that he's worried about the stress of him fighting would have on D while sure, she's pregnant. That's smart. Um, so, like, he's thinking about keeping her stress reasonable yeah. while she's pregnant. Good for him. You know, and if you go, if you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to WrestleMania, I'm going to show up, I'm going to pretend to punch a guy in the yeah. face, they're going to play my music, I'm going to look like a superhero, and yeah. then that's it. It's like, okay, well, you know. I agree. The hardest part of that will be the legal battle with the UFC, because I'm sure the UFC thinks he can't do that without their permission. And I'm sure there's lawyers out there he could hire that would say, no, Connor, you can. It's a different thing altogether. So that'll be interesting. But. Yeah. The UFC owes the WWE. Yeah, yeah. No, no. They, they let Brock Lesnar fight at 200. That's very true. That's very true. So it'll be a matter of if they would want to help or if Connor's thinking, yeah, I don't need you because this is the different thing. Like, do I need your, do I need your permission to go become a chef right. as well? Like, you know, where do you draw or if that I line? I had a reality TV show. Right yeah, now. exactly. So that would be that would be the most interesting <laughs> battle there. I'd love to, if it works for him and his health, I'd love to see it. Pro wrestling as a career choice is not healthy. Uh, for anyone, right? It's dangerous, just like fighting yeah. is, and probably more so than fighting. Um, I mean, you should listen to CM Punk's like pod. That, well, I he's have called yeah. the Colt Cabana show mm-hmm. uh, after he left before his UFC career. Cited a number of times, worrying about his head and his brain health coming into MMA, or, or working with somebody who was had the look but wasn't there skill wise, yeah, and it being dangerous. Yeah. He named a specific person. <laughs> Anyways, that's way too much wrestling talk for an MMA podcast. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, it was announced, I believe, today that Yoel Romero has been suspended 60 days for leaving the cage at UFC 205 to do a stupid soldier walk, which I hate. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> calling that a soldier walk. It was, it well, was that's a, what he's kind of doing, it's right? Like, like, yeah, it's like a Nazi goose step. That's like calling yes. the white supremacist alt-right. Like, let's call it. That was weird, Yoel. I don't think Yoel is a, is a Nazi, but he, that was stupid looking. It was you know? very, like, <laughs> goose steppy. Yeah. yeah. Not cool, man. Yeah, that was uh, that's funny. Yo Romero like gets up, checks the alarm clock, and gets suspended and fined now. Like every day, it's just something. If it's not one thing, it's the other. Um, at least sixty days and no fine. Was there's no fine, right? I don't think I didn't a see fine. It, that's fine because he's not going to fight within sixty days anyway. So right. they that's can flex like their muscle if they want. Yeah, slap on the wrist. But um, you know, he went out on Twitter and was like, "I hear him fighting Bisping at two oh eight. Uh, which is in January, yeah, yeah. which would be after 60 days from the event. There's like a nine-day window between yeah. when the suspension expired and that event would be. But Bisping didn't say he wanted to fight until later in the spring anyways. So like that whole situation doesn't make sense. But the other thing is we've learned is that the New York State Athletic Commission loves suspending people. <laughs> or not sanctioning them. Kelvin Gastelum got no. suspended for right. six months for not weighing in. Um, I believe appear, yeah. Tiago Alves got fined for missing weight. He did. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, they didn't sanction uh, Rashad Evans, and we don't know what's who going didn't on get with Rash- that. Sanctioned yeah. in uh, Toronto Ontario, either. Yeah. So, yeah. to be fair, that's not necessarily entirely something about New York. Right, right. Um, there's something deeper going on that maybe we don't know about. Yeah. They definitely cited New York. It's weird what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, but the suspensions. <laughs> like, so I know <laughs> that there's muscle. like a ten thousand. I think in Nevada it's like ten thousand dollars if you jump on top of the cage mm. and celebrate. But it's mm. supposed to be. It's supposedly like never really enforced. Yeah, I rarely seen it enforced. Yeah. Right, yeah. but it's it's a thing that's there. That they can use, right? Yeah, I'd have to look at I guess the code in New York to see what they're citing for your. I'm ass, I'm assuming they gave themselves latitude to punish someone for doing that. But I haven't looked at the code. Some, if someone out there wants to read it and, and holler at us, please do. It's it's uh it's interesting. It's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam being suspended six months for not weighing in is. I mean, like I'm frustrated about the Kelvin Gaslam missing weight yeah. saga that's been going on forever. No as one's much more as anyone frustrated is. than him, right? Yeah. But um, I agree that's stupid. Yeah, let's be real. May, I'll, I'll say this. Yoel Romero was fined for beating Chris Weidman in Madison Square Garden. Or not fined. He was suspended. For, 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 you know, the that, conspiracy that was No, no. But I think, uh, I tell you what, there's probably not huge fans of that kid uh, at this point. Uh, we'll have to put your Twitter handle up later so everybody can please, get please, at you about it. Please do. I can have the, the three people that follow me get up in arms. It'll be good. <laughs> at Elias Cepeda. If you can spell it, you'll find me. Um, yeah, it was, man... Going into the next one, you have what's bizarre is like they have the the weight. Nothing's come out about Jim Miller, and yeah. I don't think Jim Miller would get suspended because he missed weight too. Right. Um, somebody I can't remember who who's writes. Um, I think on one of the SB Nation MMA media or MMA blogs was like, well, Miller was forced to miss weight, uh, so he sh- like it'd be ridiculous. He missed weight intentionally to keep that fight. Yeah, hard. and it gets a little weird when you do these winks and nods. Like uh, Charles Rosen was talking about all the things his uncle did to to fight a much bigger man, strapping stuff. I remember a long time ago, Hermes Franca, former lightweight uh, title challenger in the UFC, uh, he was fighting oh, a kid from around here. I forget his name. I apologize to disrespect, but he is Hermes Franca's opponent didn't make weight, so Hermes was weighing in. Uh, with a jacket and stuff underneath that. He had all sorts of stuff. He had to make a difference of like eight pounds. So he had pockets filled with all sorts of stuff. So when commissions know that's happening and allow it, then you're like, hey, you're being consistent because both guys, neither guy made weight. What are you going to say? Well, well, no. He right. also, he was, he was also like, he, he did make weight or he could have, but we allow something that's not proper to go through. Like they should relax a little till they learn how, what they're doing maybe before they start suspending everyone. That's me talking. Uh, it's almost like they're not fan sided or that MMA got <laughs> legalized. Like they're just, it's just they're all just of you. Upset. They're like, <laughs> you're everyone's fine. Everyone's so sad. Anyone there. who bought a ticket's gonna get a letter <laughs> in the mail. Um, so let's finish with this. We wanted to talk about what we were thankful for in yep. MMA because it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, so we we're gonna name five things that each one of us were thankful for. Um, do you want to go first or? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to. Or do you um, want me to go first? No, you can close the show. Um, so first up, we talked about some of this. Uh, first thing I'm thankful for are fighter, UFC fighters like Conor McGregor, Mark Hunt, Khabib, Nurmagomedov. I hit it. I hit the last name this time. Last week I butchered it. Uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Top, top fighters and champions and contenders like that. Standing up to the UFC in any number of ways in which they're doing it. 
talk, calling for unions, uh, calling for uh, more control over their media schedules, calling for more transparency and, and less corruption, as I'm calling it, in, uh, in drug testing. I'm happy they're doing that and doing it publicly. Never before, has, in my view, um, has the UFC had more top people standing up to them in some way, form or fashion. And uh, although I'm a fan of the UFC as a promotion, that needs to always happen. I'm also a fan of, number two, the multiple entities right now that have different interests, perhaps, and different issues with them. But I'm happy there's multiple entities out there right now interested in organizing top-level MMA fighters into associations or unions. It's high time that happens. Um, I'm also thankful for mainstream interest in the sport picking up. We had UFC 205, which is in New York, the last state where it was uh, professional MMA was banned. That was broken through. Records keep being broken for gates and pay-per-views this year. Um, thanks to guys like Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz pretty awesome that the sport we love is, is finally growing uh and i'm also thankful for this is the uh the frat emotional gushy stuff i'm thankful for this show this past summer i left fox sports uh, i left there for some some pretty serious reasons and uh the ver- because of uh, mike dice uh you know we were able to announce this show the next day and get to rocking and rolling and doing what we love doing what i love which is interviewing uh some of the best fighters in the world, the most interesting people in the world. So I've had an awesome time doing this with you, Mike, and uh, I'm stoked, man. It's been something we've been talking about doing for a while, since, like, what, maybe 194? Yeah, at least, yeah. And then, uh, you know, that just kind of gave us another gear um, to kick it into. Sure. Um, Here's my five. And I have still a blank spot, so I'll have to come Uh up with something (laughs) as I'm I'm going down the list. Call an audible. Uh, Fight Pass. Thankful for Fight Pass. Uh, Not only are they... um, you know, streaming live events from different promotions, but it's, you know, it's just real cool to watch the library. I'm kind of like, I don't like a lot of TV. Um, I'm not a big fan of a lot of TV shows. You know, I, I just watched Breaking or Game of Thrones to catch ups because everybody in the <laughs> office talks about it. You know, like I'm not somebody who watches a lot of TV. The only TV show that I watch that's on TV like right now is uh, Westworld. Hmm. It's because my fiance is obsessed with it. Um, Otherwise, I'm not a big TV watcher. So I like watching the yeah. old, um, old fights, old cards. Uh, I like going down the rabbit hole, I like <laughs> to call it. You know, One day, I, you know, I'll just pick a fighter and I'll watch like, all the fights that Pretty are on awesome. there, which is just uh, fun. My fiance is uh, very good at identifying fights or things now. She'll be like, we watched this the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I have him as one of my things. Now, not a current fighter, but yeah. he was kind of the first fighter that I really uh, watched mm. in the UFC. Um, when I was uh, living in Dallas, well, I guess kind of college, around uh, college time, there was um, a radio host named Richard Hunter uh, who does a podcast with Frank Muir. Yeah, he's uh, great. Anime Media. Richard's the man. He was uh, doing a uh, midday show. I mean, he had been kind of bounced around on this one station from different times a lot. I think he was like in the evening and then moved to the midday show and he would talk about it all the time. So I'd always listen to it too about him. And then I would go to this one bar all the time um, and they would show. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. The UFC fights, and that was kind of like how I was exposed to it. 
Um, I had a buddy who kind of helped ramp that up a little bit more. Mm. Uh, you know, once we connected and he was a fan, it was kind of like, oh, well, now here's somebody to talk yeah. to about it. And um, it kind of took off from there. And his interest helped uh, drive my interest um, to another level. Um, Conor McGregor. I'm going to thank Conor McGregor uh, because I think he makes it really interesting. He makes things fun. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, you know, made the sport interesting and uh, fun and kind of helped create a lot of opportunities. And part of that is covering the sport. Uh, ability to cover the sport I have on here. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people who get to um, make money doing what they love yeah. in anything. So the fact that I get to uh, talk about MMA, watch MMA, uh, exert so much energy towards it and uh, not have it interfere with what pays the bills is a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I guess my fourth, uh, last thing will be Sports Illustrated. Mm. You know, they give us a home for this podcast. They uh, give me a home to write for. And um, there's just a lot of good people over there. Uh, L. John Wortham is an uh, editor. He does the... Uh, he did the cover story in Conor McGregor. He's great. He wrote a book. Um, I have it, but I can't remember what it's called. Uh, so that's my list. Love it, man. Uh, what are you, and I guess we'll stick with Thanksgiving for one more thing. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Doing it at home. Not a big thing. Going to have Just you um, and the wife. Yeah, the wife and I are going to have my dad over, and uh, maybe my buddy uh, Tony might be able to make it as well. So be real small, and then his dog, our dog. All the, like there'll be maybe more dogs than people, but not that many people. Uh, so I'll, I'll visit my mom, and uh, I'm going to be cooking. I'm going to be cooking, doing some uh, family recipe of uh, poblano pepper mac macaroni. And cheese, it's really good. So I'm looking forward to that. It gives me my biggest excuse to make my favorite dish. Our thing is roasted potatoes. Nice. Like we get the these little potatoes, not the big like baked potatoes, yeah, yeah. but like little ones. Like you can get the little red red yeah. ones, or fingerlings, yeah, or uh, gold Dutch, the little yeah. ones. So what we do, we like we boil, cut, marinate, then bake uh, them. Or during the summer, we really like to wrap them in foil and just throw them on the grill when we're cooking. But like. It's like a thing in our house where we, we just like buy potatoes and we just cook them and we just have them. And then we do so many different things with it. Uh, I make a really good chili, if I don't oh, say so myself. Yeah. So like we'll throw the potatoes in the chili or, you know, it'll be a Saturday morning or something and it's like breakfast and you make a skillet. Heck you know, yeah. you know, we're just always like finding ways to eat That's awesome. potatoes. Potatoes are wonderful. Um, I don't have to cook for Thanksgiving. Nice. We're going to, uh, the, the, I'm going to the in-laws. Okay. Um, so... Have you have you have you uh, done that much? Have you guys been switching off? No, this is the first time I've done Thanksgiving with her family. Cool. Um, you know, we're trying to get on the in-law schedule. So <laughs> her sister, who's married, is doing uh, Thanksgiving with their family, and then Christmas with um, the in-laws. So we're trying to get on the same schedule. So that's why we're doing Thanksgiving mm. with them. And we were gonna go to Dallas for Christmas, but um, my impending surgery mm. is. Uh, kind of throwing a wrench in that so your transition to fully becoming brock lesnar is soon to be well underway yeah <laughs> me donald Cerrone, and brock lesnar three three guys uh <laughs> um but yeah 
that's it. So it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be good, man. Yeah. I got I got you got to send some photos or post some photos of what you do with the potatoes so, tomorrow or next time you do it for Christmas. If right. If you're not cooking, if you're not bringing them to the in-laws. I also have these world-famous brisket nachos that have become like the hit of any party I do. <laughs> well, I bet the key they are. the key with nachos <laughs> is not to have a big plate of chips and then just dump toppings mm-hmm. on it. I take the extra care to make each chip. It's a pro tip right there. A hundred percent. So like when you come to my house, it's like a bunch of, we get the round chips, you know, round chips and you, uh, they all have, they're all dressed individually. They're they're well balanced. You don't have like Mm -hmm. one over drenched chip and then like six with nothing on them. That's awesome. But you're just tortilla chips. Yeah. They're like, (laughs) it's It's like the little bit of Texas, like Texas Mm. brisket tacos, brisket nachos. Like it's a thing. So that's kind of like my Texas thing. You'll have to have it one time. Yeah. I'd love, we do it at parties a lot. Well, we I think for, we need to throw one then because I want to try that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely need to throw a party. Cool. Um, so that's that. Uh, hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to watch the show. We really appreciate it. Um, as always, you can find the show on iTunes. You can find it in Google Play. You can find it in TuneIn. I'm going to try and get it into Stitcher. Nice. So it's a thing that I didn't know existed that apparently people <laughs> listen to podcasts for. So it makes sense. Uh, so we'll get it in there. Um, other than that, we'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, check the Twitter account, uh, for guests. Uh, we don't have anybody necessarily lined up yet, but we're working on it. That being said, we will be releasing two special episodes that will be available only on podcasts via iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Google Play, whatever you use, like we did last week. Last week we did the show. We had Gegard Musasi and Uriah Hall on to talk about UFC Fight Night 99, and then we had Ryan Bader and Lil Nog on to talk uh, UFC 100 in an episode that we uploaded exclusively onto the uh, um, podcast because we didn't want to make this live show go too long. So uh, next week we'll have a Bellator 166 special. We'll have a Bellator 167 special. Uh, tons of guests that we've talked to. Um, I can't even think of all the names. There's just been so many. Yeah. Uh, you know, Warren and Dantas who are fighting for the uh, Bantamweight title. Elsie uh, Davis. Uh, Galvo, uh, Darian Caldwell, Bantamweight contenders all fighting that weekend. Manuel Sanchez, mm. uh, AJ McGee, Alima McFarlane, uh, her opponent, Emily uh, Dakota. Um, there's just a ton, a ton of people. It's There's going to be a lot of interviews. So we'll, we'll, I think we'll separate it by a Bellator 166 cool. preview and a Bellator 167. So be on the lookout for that. As always, you can call in to the hotline at any time during the week, whenever inspiration strikes, just like Dan from Oregon did to leave a voicemail with a question we'll answer it on the show you could do it in an hour you could do it an hour before next week's show uh the phone number is 815-570-3923 815-570-3923 thank you all for watching i'll see you next week
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.